This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Murder Incorporated. Do you keep slipping on your victim's blood trying to kill the next one? Try our new no-slip blood boots. Call now and get a free ritual to make you return from the dead every October. Murder Incorporated. Kill to win. Well then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Carras. And I'm that devil. Now kindly undo these straps. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits the Podcast, the only podcast that sucks cock in hell. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Matt. You say roll the credits really fast sometimes. Yeah, it's I just know. like... <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten Speaking that Speaking in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Tying it back in. Yep. And a little bit of pig squeals. And a little bit. It's all backwards. We should record this podcast backwards. Oh, and then see if it then, like summons something. No, and then people can just listen to it backwards. Like whoever, the, mo- like the movie. Like whoever the movie. first uh. made the first podcast, if you play this backwards, it'll summon him or her. The first ever podcast? The first ever person to make a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a week. I got married. It was cool. I'm oh. not going to talk about it. I'm better than ever. <laughs> we got we got movies to talk about. We got movies. And today we are here to do 1973's The Exorcist. Yep. Directed by William Fricklin. Fricklow. Fricklin. Fricklow, they called him. Oh, fr- fr- fried, <laughs> Friedkin. Frickman. Uh, Fricklin was way off. <laughs> Frick. Frick Fry is what they called him in the playgrounds. Yeah. So, who you got in this movie? You uh, have... Oh, you're asking me? I don't know. You you <laughs> sounded like you were going to say something. I don't know. Cool. So, you have Ellen Bernstein, who plays Chris McNeil. You have Max Van Sydow, who plays Father Marin. Mm-hmm. You have Linda Blair, who plays Reagan. What was with that pause? Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> why? Why? Well, because she she's really effect? the star of this. Yeah, kind of. She is. Kind of. Okay. Uh, you have Lee C. Cobb who plays Lieutenant Kinderman. Yeah. Not you... George C. Scott. No. No. That's in the third one, yeah. which is also really good, <laughs> which we did on the previous podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, you have Jack McGowan who plays Burke, because I'll get to that. He was the he was the like really shitty director. Okay. You have Jason Miller, who plays Father Karras. Yep. And finally, you have William O'Mallory, who plays Father Dyer. Yep. And if by some chance you have no idea what this movie is about, which you should, if if you haven't... It's the scariest movie ever made. That wasn't the tagline for it when the trailers were coming out, right? Yeah, that's how they marketed it as. Yeah. Which we can talk about as to why, as opposed to now. Still holds up. I yeah. think I think it's still like top ten scariest movies ever made. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into it. Anyways, the original Exorcist. Um, the plot of it is when a young girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two Catholic priests to save her life. Pazuzu, you meant to say Pazuzu. They never mention his yeah, but name. But it's funny to say it is. He, it's a very funny name. But they never mention it until the second one. Which is dog shit. Yeah, I know. That movie's fucking awful. And then they almost couldn't make the third one because of it. Yep. Well, they tried to make the third one separate, and then because it was based off the book Legion. But then they were like, oh, we got to put The Exorcist on there so people know what it is. Well, yeah, because like, that was the whole thing was that like when the director for that one was making it, they were like, oh, I want this to be its own separate entity. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, no, we can just splice this in with The Exorcist and save the whole franchise. That's why the whole ending has The Exorcist th- scene in the third one mm-hmm. is because they were like, well, it's got to have an exorcist. It's called The Exorcist. Yeah. 
Sorry about that too. Like the whole for anybody that wasn't sitting there on the couch while we were watching this, which is everyone. You mean everybody yeah. except for you and me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I spent most of the this movie talking about Exorcist Three. Yes, you did. <laughs> and also, I love it. I love it. And also bad mouthing the second movie of Heretics. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen the first ep- Exorcist a couple of times. It's mm-hmm. a really great movie. Yeah, it's got some really good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Scariest movie of all time. Back then, yes. Yeah, back then. Back, yeah, in the seventies, the I can totally see how this was the scariest movie ever made. I always think about too. Do you remember um, our friend's dad who explained when he was younger and he yes. went to go see yeah, yeah, Evil yeah. Dead, mm-hmm. and it's like somebody was like running down the aisle screaming because it was so scary. Like I feel like it was a different time in terms of horror back then. Yes, and, and I also think too, which is that you got to realize like during this time, like. Religion was still really popular, mm-hmm. so you have to look at it too. Where it's just like religious horror, exorcism, like that's some scary shit right there. Exactly, because that's a lot of shit that, like, you know, if you grew up in like the Catholic or Christian um, religion, then you know about like exorcisms and possession, and like it was very early age that it was brought on to you that like, hey, this is like a real thing, and this is a real thing that you can do if you lose your faith or if you yeah. step to the dark side of the force. Don't play with those damn Ouija boards. Yeah. Fuck Ouija boards, I just want to say. Yeah, I know. I knew we were going to talk about this. We're going to talk about... We, cause I'm going to oh, time you. Yeah. I'm going to fucking time you. <laughs> I'm not going to talk right, that long 637, about it. 637, okay. go. So, like, Ouija boards, very stupid. It is, like, the the main thing for a lot of times in possession movies to be, like, the conduit for everything yeah. to begin. And I totally get that because it's, like, you know... It's so weird that it's, it's an actual... spirit action. board. Yeah. You talk to spirits through it. It's so weird that it's a thing that, like, people can just, like... A parent can buy their seven-year-old kid a Ouija board in the toy section. It's so funny that it's like, you could go to Walmart and buy a Ouija board, and it's like you could possibly summon Pazuzu. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's downright stupid, the fact that, like, they don't, like, it's not really taught in the rule book of it that, like, hey, you kind of can summon any entity, be good or bad, and if you don't say goodbye, then you're fucked. Yeah, who would have thought Captain Howdy would have turned out to be Pazuzu? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Uncle Howdy in wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about this movie. This movie yes. is great. I, yeah. The Exorcist has always been one of those ones that's like it's always stuck with me in terms of a, a really good horror movie. You know what I really like about it too, and I appreciate it a lot more now mm-hmm. as well. Like, because I was talking about this too, and it's like in the idea of the like scariest movie of all time, which is like yeah, of course, like. The possession parts of it are very scary. Yes. But the reason I like this so much is because most of the movie is Reagan's mom just trying to fucking figure out what's going on. Exactly. Like, realistically, there's maybe, like, I want to say 25 minutes out of this two-hour movie that Mm -hmm. is actually, like, possession and, like, horror. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just the struggle of a broken family. Yeah, just a mom trying to raise her kid and not knowing what's going on. So yeah. she goes to all the different doctors. I love it, too, because it's such a practical approach to it. Mm-hmm. It's like my daughter is just, she walked downstairs and she peed on the rug. Yeah. And just said, that you're going to die up there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. And then it's like, well, here's the test. Let's go to the psych. Let's go do all this medical bullshit. We're stab you in the neck and shoot all your blood out. Jesus Christ. The oh, fuck, my God. The x-ray machines? The 70s <laughs> x-ray machines and, like, mental, like, 
capacity machines is nuts. <laughs> That's the scariest part about this movie. If, is this. <laughs> if like you weren't already crazy going into it, you are after sitting through that shit. It's like big fucking like car engines just going like bomb, bomb, bomb. It's yeah. Like, Taking x-rays of your brain. Like, they fucking, like, they shoved a tube into her throat and then put, like, two sound speakers on the side of her (laughs) and then just flung her around the room for ten minutes. (laughs) It's like she's trained to be an astronaut. Yeah, it's nuts. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to have anything wrong with me in the 70s for that. But I really love and appreciate, too, it's like, also, too, like, speaking for the time, which is Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you have doctors, they're smoking, they're smoking in the hospital, saying, hey, you're going to die, you should stop smoking, and then they just, like, blow smoke in your face. Yeah. But then, uh, also, too, I like it at the time, because you have, like, like the combination of both, like, practical medicine, psych- mm-hmm. psychiatry, and faith. Because yes. it's like, I love it, too, where it's like, it's that scene where it's like, they're sitting, and it's like, fucking 15 doctors. Yes. And she's just like, God damn it, can't any of you do anything? And it's like, they suggest. Yes, sorry, you're sorry, there's eight of you, and you can't do anything but say sorry. But I love that the doctors are at that point where they're like, hey, have you heard of an exorcist? Like, we're out of fucking ideas. Why don't you go talk to the church? I know, and it was funny too, because it's like, sitting there watching it with you, and like, like what you do for work. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, if you saw Reagan, would you like be like, no, definitely right away need an exorcist? Well, I think like what we talked about too with like the Invisible Man, where mm-hmm. it's like we kind of have to like in a in a reality scope, mm-hmm. we have to look at this too in terms of it being mental health. No, I go full faith and just be like, nah, that bitch needs a priest right now. Okay, well that's fair for you. <laughs> You're, she's fucking. Clint- she's no. flying, Zach. Zach, Zach. Yes. Well, that's even too. Like, I love how this movie does it too because I love the scene where it's like both of the psychiatrists walk out yes. after seeing Reagan just like, it's burning, it's burning. Yeah. And it's like they have to, it's like that complete shock on their face. Like, mm-hmm. they can't make sense of it. It doesn't seem like anything based in reality. But when they leave the room, it's like they're grasping at it to say, like, oh, it's a seizure disorder. It's like she's catatonic. And it's like, yeah. She I love that. She suffers from, like, migraines. Right, because I love the idea, which is, like, you have to kind of make sense of what's happening in front of you with what you know. So it's, like, and, you and have to... It's in order for, like... It's called schemas, you know? Like, you need those mm-hmm. in order to categorize and box in different aspects of life. It's, like, yeah. you see a chair, you're going to look at it and be like, that's a chair. And it's, like, that's how they look at it in this, which is, like, oh, it has to be mental health mm-hmm. because the idea of an exorcism just seems baffling. Yeah. And I, I get that. that. I get that. It's just for me, like if I, if that was my daughter, I'd be like, no, right away, I need a priest. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, real quick too, because you brought this up like immediately when the movie started when we watched it. Um, <laughs> just immediately started talking about Exorcist Three. Tubular bells did not make the iconic, like the the fucking tinging sound, like in the beginning. The song is called Tubular Bells. Yeah, I said that. I, I said, hey, it's Tubular Bells. Yeah, but you made it seem like it was the band. No. Tubular Bells. Whatever. Fuck you. It's also um, a stand. It is a stand. I don't remember if it's good or bad. It's the one where it's like the guy blows up things and they become like balloons. Yeah, that like, one's... Like, remember he blew yeah, up yeah, like yeah, the yeah, nails? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's not bad. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoy in this movie too because like we talked about like, you know, the whole thing of like chris and reagan's relationship but like we get just as much time with damien karis yeah i really like karis as a character and i i really enjoy the fact that like you get time to like focus with him the fact that like 
you know, you see basically his entire life of like taking care of his like sick mother mm-hmm. and then like being a priest and being in the church, but like he's lost his faith and he's just right. kind of like going through the motions. Yeah. And he's really not the person to do this. Like he brings in Father Marin. Right. But I love that too because it's it's also like you have that part where it's like Chris goes to him and mm. he's also saying like, hey, you know, like it's psychiatry. Like we have to look at this as mental health. Yes. And it's like I love that too because it speaks to his character of like he's so far removed from his faith. Mm-hmm. And it's and yeah, like like you said, it's really interesting that he's the one that has to do it. Like yes. this is his way of proving his faith. Not only that, but like regaining his belief right. again. And little fun fact too, I don't know if you knew this. Um Jason Miller accidentally got the role oh, of, yeah? of Damon Karras. So what was he doing? So when Willem um when when Friedkin like originally was like getting ready to like shoot this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had already cast everybody for it. Okay. And Jason Miller came to him, like, because Jason Miller beforehand was, like, a a small-time, like, playwriter, and, like, he had done some acting before, mm-hmm. and, like, a little bit of, like, dabbling into the actor world. Yeah. And he came to, to Freakin, and he was like, listen, like, I was born Catholic, I actually was part of the church for a little while. I stepped away because I lost my faith, and now I make like satire esque plays mm. to kind of reflect that. That's cool. I am the person for this, and Friedkin was like, "No, fuck you! I already <laughs> cast it." <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Please, like, just give me like one chance." And so Friedkin was like, "Okay." So what you're going to do is you're going to fly out to me on your own money, on your own time. I'm going to put you in a blank room and shoot the like shoot the scene for you. Okay. And I'll give you a copy of it so you can be like, "Hey, wow, like you made it." But then <laughs> while doing that, okay. he fell in love with how Jason Miller actually performed the the yeah. act. So he was like, "Fuck it, the other guys let go, you're in." Nice. So and he, it, it, that worked out in the best way possible because yes. he's great in this. Yeah, he is fantastic. I really I almost like kind of enjoy like his scenes a lot more. I feel mm-hmm. like it adds a lot more depth to a possession film. Yeah. Which to be honest, like Exorcist is probably the best possession film. Oh yeah, definitely. I when I think of like all the other ones that I've seen in my lifetime, like all of them follow kind of like the same suit. Mm-hmm. And this one just breaks it up a little bit better in terms of, like, you know, following Damien Karras' whole yeah. journey and, like, losing faith, but still also having the main story feel just as relevant of a mother trying to take care of her daughter and Reagan being, like, 12 years old, where in, in like, uh, a subliminal way, like, it's a story about, like, a mother trying to, like, find a connection still with her teenage daughter. Right. And or, losing control of her teenage daughter. Exactly. That's the other part of it, too. It's like, what happens when your child starts to go out of control mm-hmm. and starts, you know, like, acting out, but you don't know what to do. Because that's ultimately what's happening for her. It's like she's trying to get all these different remedies and methods in order to make sure that her daughter's okay. Yes. Which is great. I mean, it's it's a really solid even, too, in terms of, like, what you said. Like, just having it be, like... I love how it's broken up in terms of, like tests like stuff with kinderman of like the the murder and it's like then the actual exorcism like it has a really good flow to it of like 
Here's what's happening. It's getting worse. Mm-hmm. This isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> this happened now. All right, we need an exorcist. Yeah. I almost feel like Kinderman stuff like is very like that's like a very small story that's almost forgettable in this film. Well, they set up the main protagonist that way. Yes. The fucking, or the antagonist, the yeah. stairs. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> Kinderman's like, yeah, those fucking stairs. Yeah. It's like his head got turned around, mm-hmm. and it's like, what, well, did the stairs do that? And he's like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably <laughs> the stairs that caused him to Those snap his neck. Fucking nightmare stairs, man. I yeah. would never, ever, like, if I lived in that area, mm-hmm. fuck that. I'll take the long way yeah. home. <laughs> You'll take the side road. My to get clumsy down. ass would fall down those stairs and die. Oh, yeah. Like, they're gigantic. Especially, too, if they're, like, not spaced, like, far enough apart, like, yeah. the steps. Yeah. Like they're like really close steps. Like fuck you, you're you're you can't even hold onto the railing. I'm dead. Yep. <laughs> um, but I love that too, because yeah, it's like Kinderman is that like setup of like, I mean Reagan's, Reagan has supernatural strength. Yes. And it's like because she's possessed, and it's like that's how I like how it just sets up more and more of the threat mm-hmm. of what's happening for her. Yeah. Then leading up to, it's like, hey, we gotta do this. And there's like a really cool scene too with like when. When Kinderman comes to like the house and and Chris is like basically being interviewed by him, yeah, of what or more so interrogated, and there's like a really cool thing because like I notice a lot of things of like this movie is very subliminal in mm-hmm. like what it does, and like the way that the camera angle is sitting when it's like when they're both sitting down for coffee, mm-hmm. and and Kinderman's saying like you know these murders are kind of connected to, like, what I'm hearing about your daughter. Is there any way that maybe she could have murdered this person? And, like, as that's happening, the camera actually is, like, slowly zooming in on Kinderman. Mm -hmm. And then when it goes to the other side, like, behind his shoulder, and it's um, slowly zooming in on Chris as she's talking, and then as he kind of, like ends up making light of it then the camera slowly pans back as if like the tension is being released yeah, from it. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's mm-hmm. cool. I did not remember the crucifix thing. Really? That's really important. I know. I always yeah. forget about it and I'm just like baffled every single time <laughs> that this was actually allowed on screen. Oh my god, the hoops that this movie had to go through yes. in order to actually make because of like the time period, the fact that it's based like it's it's almost not, it's not making fun of, but it's like, it's affecting, you know, like the Catholic faith. Yes. You have a child fucking cursing. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things that had to, like, stabbing get herself through. down below with yeah. a crucifix. Grabbing that guy's dick. <laughs> the psychiatrist. I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I really appreciate even too where it's like, just, yeah, like how fucking bizarre it gets. Mm-hmm. Like, also, too, before you go, sorry, before you continue on that, um, Little fun thing too. There's like the, a tip of the hat to Alfred Hitchcock tip. too in that scene, because like when Reagan grabs the um, psychologist balls, he, when he like falls back, it's like the same way oh, as like yeah, when the guy psycho? gets stabbed. Yeah, in psycho. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I was just gonna say too, like how how bizarre things get. Where it's like the bed shaking, her yes. like shooting the vomit. It's like talking in tongues, like, and even too, like the whole end exorcist scene. Yeah, like how the what, last twenty minutes is amazing of this. Yeah, film. it's really good. Um, other fun little facts. Um, and then I want to talk about the practical effects because I think the practical effects of this movie is amazing. Um, so in the scene when um, I can't remember. I don't. Is it Father Karras or it could be, uh, Father 
dire. Tell me the scene, Zach. Um, when like Reagan pukes on him. That's Father Karras. Okay. Yeah. So it was like originally supposed to just hit him in the chest, but like the mechanism that they had to make her like puke, mm-hmm. like the tube, it went a little too fast and hit him in the face. So like yeah. his reaction to being hit in the face is actually his reaction. That's fair. It's really gross. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I yeah. love how that's not enough. Yeah, I know, right? This woman just projectile vomited on you, talks in tongues, and mm-hmm. he's still like, nah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Also, too, in the, um, like, when he recorded her mm-hmm. and, like, played it back, like, the weird, like, demonic sounds that's going into it, too, is also, um, he mixed in, like, pig squeals. Yeah, it sounded like that, mm-hmm. which makes it really good. Yeah, there's so much shit in this movie that, like, we're not going to be able to get to cover everything, but... Mm-hmm. I'm going to cover a decent amount. Well, if anything, too, I want to talk about, like, what the actual exorcist scene, like, the last 20 minutes, like, we're talking about. Because I, I feel like, I mean, that's that's the big buildup. It's yes. like we get to this final point where it's just, like, medicine doesn't work. Mental health is out of the picture. Yeah. And it's like, now we need to do the exorcist. And mm-hmm. it's like, I love how it's shot. I love how it, like, it's set up. It's so, like... You know, like how slow and like how creeping they get into it, and it's like how even too like Karis is just like dumbfounded. Yeah, it's like as she starts like her head starts spinning around, it's like the bed starts rising. He's just like completely shocked. Mm-hmm. But Morning is like, no, nah, I've done this before. I know what yeah. I'm doing. Father Marin has dealt with it before. Plus two, like he. Damn the it, first... I said Morning. Yeah, you did. That's from three. Yes. <laughs> so Father Marin, like. It took me, like, because I've seen this movie, like, four times now, and, mm-hmm. like, the first time I didn't realize that in the beginning, the first 20 minutes in Iraq is Father Marin. Zach, come on. You watched this movie four fucking times? Well, the second time that? I realized it. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so, like, him, like, coming and, and, like, when he finally gets to the house and he's like, I don't need an, an explanation or, like, a backstory. Yeah, I love like, that. Like, he knows already that it is Pazuzu. Yeah. He knows that this is a demon that is very powerful and needs to exercise this thing. Yep. So, like, yeah, like, the final 20 minutes are amazing of this film. Like, in terms of, like, actually showcasing, like, an exorcist. Yeah. And, like, what that in what that could entail. And having the faith questioned again of Karis. Mm-hmm. Because Marin dies. Yeah. Because Karis has to, like, leave the room at some point. Because well, it's because he goes in there. Because yeah. she starts, like, Pazuzu starts impersonating his mom. Yes. And, and he can't take that. Right. Which is really cool, too, where it's like, that's his kind of, like... He's he's defiling what you know, Marin said. He's like, don't engage with it. Don't mm-hmm. talk it unless it's necessary. Yeah. And it's like, here it is, is that he's feeding into it. So he tells him to get out. And it's like, yeah, and that causes him to die because he can't do it by himself. Yes. And you and know what my favorite part about it is? Mm. 100% favorite part. It doesn't work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just completely doesn't work. It's like the only thing that works is like, fuck you, take me. Yes. And, and I, then I'm going to jump out a window. And I think that speaks again to like Karis's character of being that like he is a man of the cloth, but like he he's lost his faith. Right. So when faith can't do it, mm-hmm. he puts the weight on his back as a man to just like right. take the burden and, and literally sacrifice himself in order to save this girl. But he's still doing something that aligns with his faith. Yes. Is like he's protecting someone. Exactly. He's helping the weak, you know, like he's helping somebody that can't take care of themselves, so he's mm-hmm. taking that burden. Exactly. And I love that. Yeah, so it's and like... falls him jumping out of a fucking window. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like, everything about, like, the... Like, again, the practical effects of this film it's are just... The head turn. What? The head turn. My God, man. Like, there's so much to this movie that, like, 
the the amount of like space that they had to do everything and like what they were able to accomplish yeah. is just baffling because like it all looks so realistic. Yeah, it looks like, great. Between the makeup of Reagan where like it actually looks like the demon is trying to break through her skin yeah. throughout the entire movie like gradually getting worse, like when they they show her stomach and it like it literally oh, says help like me? help me. Yeah. Like it's protruding out of her stomach. Yep. The head turn, the floating Mm-hmm. Um, the bed shaking, like the pro- uh, projectile vomiting, like the r- literally when Kinderman leaves and like the room is just fucking itself. Yeah, it's just shooting all around. Yeah, I love like, that the only thing is that like one of the more famous ones, which is her running up down the stairs, which is in the deleted yeah. scenes. Like that's the only one that doesn't really look good. No, <laughs> it looks kind of goofy, and it's so weird because like you and I were talking about this, where it's like it's fucking hard to find yeah, right? the director's cut with that scene in I know. it. Like I've literally, like again, I said, like I've seen this movie four times. I've only seen that scene once. It's like the fucking black and white version of The Mist. Yeah, it's like where the fuck are we gonna find that? I want to watch that version. I know, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, like it's so hard to find it. But that's still like that's such a key moment in this story. I feel yeah. like, but again, too. It kind of adds to it in this film because, like, literally except for when she comes downstairs and, like, pees or, like, going to the, the doctors, like, mm-hmm. Reagan does not leave that room. Yeah. So it, it adds, like, this whole other mystique to, like, you know, the house is still safe, but that room is contaminated. Right, which I love even, too, like, how they shoot it where it's, mm-hmm. like, it's so far in, the in like, the background. They have to get the coats on because it gets cold after a while. Like, one of my favorite shots, too, it's, like, after they're, like, uh, Marin and Karis are, like, we need to take a break. And it's, yeah. like, they're just sitting outside in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And, like, you still hear Reagan. And it's, like, man, it's so fucking cool to see how, like, tired they are. Yes. Where, and like, then this Chris is being even, exhausting. Right. And even Chris, too, being, like, is it done? And they're, like, no. no not even. No. no. We're about, like, 25% of <laughs> the way through. Not even. At best. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We haven't even gotten to the mini boss yet. What a wonderful, wonderful little fucked up movie yes and now i think it's time to talk about the curse that is this film yeah the bullshit that came from making this there's so much surrounding this film like you know we were talking like we have talked before about where in terms of like poltergeist where it's like Mm -hmm. they actually might have been like real bodies yeah or like the deaths that surrounded um the omen but, like, this one kind of takes the cake of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, like, a little bit more research into it to where it has its own section in my notebook of, like, <laughs> of course the, it does. the curse of the film. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you knew this. I knew a couple of things, but lay it on me. The big one. Um, the house that they were filming in actually burnt down yep. except for the room that Reagan was in. Oh, I didn't know like, that specifically. Like, but. literally every room was, like, burnt almost to a crisp to, like, where they had to demolish it, except for Reagan's room. That's weird. Which is creepy, and also, too, kind of adds to it where it's, like, you can kind of then see why they did a lot of it, where it's, like, it's only in Reagan's room when, like, there is the possession stuff. Yeah. Um, And if, from a weird thing, too, a fucking bird flew into, like, the circuit breaker outside. <laughs> just stopping and then ca- this movie. It literally caused a fire to the house. Yeah. Um, You know that the, the Catholic Church condemned this film? Yep. Super um, against it. An actual priest was brought in before filming to do, like, um, like as a precursor to, like, bless the set, yep. which obviously didn't work. 
Yeah, I guess not. Um, Ellen, who plays Chris, mm-hmm. got permanent spine damage from this film because of like the uh, rigging mechanics that they use to kind of like throw her a little bit. Yeah, when the the room's all getting all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were filming in Iraq for like the opening scene, there were actually several crew members that were shot and killed. Wow. Yep. Um, the film was only supposed to be sh- like. Filming was supposed to wrap up af- after like four months. Mm-hmm. This movie took nine months to make because like of all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that I brought him up before, so Jack McGow, Jack McGowan, like yeah, Burke, Burke, mm-hmm. and then also Vasiliki Melaros, the mother of Father Karis. Yeah, both died while the filming was taking place. Yeah, I knew about that. Which is why they had to cut them from the actual film yeah. of being like, oh, Burke died like on his way to the house, and like, oh, the mother died like while in the hospital. Yeah, which is fucked up because like that actually works in terms of the movie. Yes, <laughs> like it it plays out well, but like it's still like, oh my god, we had to fucking redo this whole thing for it. Yeah, um, and then. When this movie came out, like, to add to, like, where this was, like, the scariest movie ever made, where people were literally, like, fainting and throwing up when they were watching this film. To the point, again, where, like I said, the Catholic Church condemned this film. And for a little while, this movie was banned. Right. I mean, like we said before, too, it's like, you got to think, like, at the time, culturally, where it's, like, religion is still really prominent. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, having something like this, which is showing, like, a priest losing its faith demons it's like it became taboo it's like that's not something that it was accepted yeah and it's like yeah of course they would want to be able to like ban it push it away from theaters but then it actually helped market it because it's like this is the fucking scariest movie ever yeah exactly and then that's it that i have for the curse stuff yeah but like but like this movie is just fantastic like it's great it is like it really is like during this time of the year but like also in general it's one of the best movies that stood the test of time. Yeah. Like, as a horror movie, as, like, an actual drama story, like, it's just amazing, like, the way that right. it's told. Yeah, because, like I said, too, it's, like, it has so many different, like, personalities to it, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, like, it, it fits a lot of boxes between yeah. it being, like, a horror movie, you know, like, investigation at points, you know, like, just medical movie. It's, like, there's a lot of things to it that, like, all tied together make it really, really paced well. Yeah. So in that aspect, it gets ten stairs out of ten. Wow! It's great. It's a great movie. Is that you don't give out tens very. I easily. don't. Wow. Um, I've given out maybe this is maybe like my second ten, and I've given out one other movie that I actually made it eleven. Wow! What's that? Um, if you said Midsummer, I'm gonna throw a chair. No, it's this not window. Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer got like an eight. Yeah, um, it should get a seven. Fuck! I don't remember. It was it was the one that I keep telling it's your you about. favorite movie ever. For fuck's sakes! Oh, fuck. Um. I can't remember. Ah, whatever. Just tell me later. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> fuck. Uh, God. Brain. Work. Random thing from the movie. Nine. Uh, uh, nine Kitterman autographs. Mm. Out of ten. There we go. God, that took way too long. You're not gonna edit that out. I know you're not. No, that's just <laughs> staying in there. Fuck um, In and of itself, that's what it was. Ah, then I okay. gave it an eleven. Yeah. Um, that movie made me ball like a baby. Yeah, but yeah, nine. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten with a little like like a little text like underneath it that says the third one's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the like third little, one is like amazing. Little, <laughs> like, 
But like, you got to give it to the original. Of course. We wouldn't have had the third one if we didn't have this. I just appreciate the third one a lot more. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right, Zach. This movie is hiding in the closet as we're coming up with the knife. Be able to stab it in its bed. Well, I have a recommendation first. Oh, you don't get that this week. Oh, okay. No, no recommendations, son. So, <laughs> I actually watched a documentary. Oh, wow. You watched a documentary. <laughs> yeah, no. Who would have thunk? Well, no. it still aligns with horror. So, like, um, the, the, docu- the documentary is called Leap of Faith. Um, it was directed by Alexander... Alexandre O'Philippi. O'Philip? <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? Man? I don't know, man. Is I, this I like sh- your kink? Like saying words incorrectly <laughs> live on mic? Alexandre <laughs> O'Philip. I'm assuming that's correct. Yeah, um, sure. So Leap of Faith actually is a documentary that is literally just sitting down with William Friedkin talking about this movie and like... Oh, that's cool. And, and that's where like I found out a lot of really cool like little like like close-knit things that he did to make this movie mm-hmm. and like all the inspiration that he got um and a little bit on like how he is as a director like i learned a lot of things that i mentioned already throughout this uh podcast but like also too like you know his his directing style where it's like um he had seen from like other directors where it kind of worked of like you know um some people like Stanley Kubrick who was like making people do like a hundred takes and he's like a one take and done type person. Oh, okay. Um, like he feels like if you didn't get it that first time, then like I have to pull you aside and be like, Hey, what's going on? And then we have to make sure that it's a second take. Um, he also had done some weird things. I know he does it like for some of his other films, but like he would to, to get that like intense, like, actual shock factor from his actors yeah you'd bring a live gun oh wow and that's threatening so funny enough um the scene when karis is uh replaying back the tape in like his apartment yeah and the phone rings he edited in the phone he actually shot off around oh my god that's ridiculous (laughs) yeah he scared jason miller by doing (laughs) that so that's actual fear wow that's great yeah um also, too, again, like, you know, some of, like, the films that, like, kind of inspired him and, like, some of the the artists um, that really inspired, like, how he crafted this film. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was, like, really interesting. Like, even, too, like, small little details that I'd never noticed. Like, literally when uh, the scene, again, when uh, Kidman is leaving mm-hmm. the house and, like, as soon as Chris, like, locks the door, there's actually, like, a ticking sound that's supposed to be from the clock, the okay. grandfather clock, but like it ticks and subconsciously it's like a bomb and then it stops and then that's when Reagan yells mother and she runs upstairs and the whole room is being thrown. Oh, cool. Kind okay. of like as like, oh, the, yeah, like the bomb went off. Exactly. Yeah, that's like cool. constantly there's like a tension building thing of it. Yeah. So it was oh, just really oh. interesting to like listen to this documentary and like see like his point of view of like how he created this and like you know, the passion project of, like, wanting to do this right, and, like, so many other directors turned it down, and he was very, very confident that he could do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Leap of Faith, I know it's on Shutter, it's on Amazon Prime, so, like, check it out. Like, it's nice. just, it's really interesting, especially if you love The Exorcist. Yeah. Cool. Matt, what are we doing next? So, for our topic, we're gonna do 
a little bit into of like why horror starts to become goofy and comedic after mm-hmm. a while. So okay. We're going to talk a little bit about like how sequels start off as horror, but then they start to get goofier and goofier, and just a little bit of understanding why. So yeah, Zach. Okay. I okay. um. You already said the thing. Yeah. So I'm just I'm sleepy myself. Yeah. So tuck it into bed. Tuck me wow. into bed. <laughs> oh fuck you it's funny cool i guess <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening now matt the power of christ compels you <laughs>